right, here we go. Hey, welcome everybody to another Daring Woman podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, we've got some changes coming up. If you haven't already seen, I've moved the website. We have kind of a new look over at uh, www.daringwomaninc.com. So definitely go and check that out. The new foundation is coming up soon, the Daring Woman Project. So definitely um, stay tuned for more information on that. I'm really excited to get the nonprofit up and running and be able to help women who are homeless um, or are victims of domestic abuse, sex trafficking, things like that. So that's kind of my heart passion right there. Today, though, we are going to be empowered when it comes to the kitchen and what we're putting in our mouths. Um, as women, I'm sure, you know, a, a big majority of you have probably the same issues I do and, and, you know, we like to eat, but the after effects aren't quite so pleasant as our jeans stop fitting and, you know, that kind of thing. We don't look so good in our bikinis anymore. So today I am talking with Jenny Eden Burke, who is going to help us become a little bit more mindful of how to be empowered with our food choices and stop what she calls deja vu dieting. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much, Tracy. I'm so happy to be here with you. And uh, I oh, really appreciate I'm it. to talk with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to, to talk with you. I, I was looking at your website and I saw the, are you tired of deja vu dieting? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I absolutely <laughs> love that phrase. I usually say yo-yo dieting, but deja vu dieting makes it, <laughs> that's just super cool. So I was like, oh, I totally have to use that. <laughs> so, you know, let, let's start off a little bit with your journey and how you became um, a, um, what, I, I'm not even sure what kind of a coach you, you call yourself. So, well, <laughs> a weight I, loss coach or an empowerment coach? Yeah, I'm not a weight loss coach. I'm an uh, eating empowerment coach and an eating psychologist. There you go. So, yeah, it's an empowered okay. woman, but through eating, right? Absolutely. We have to be empowered in all areas of our life. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So how did, how did you get started? Tell us about your journey. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks so much for asking. Um, so I was a chronic dieter my whole life, you know, yo-yo dieter, deja vu dieter. I was like, hmm, I've seen these carrots before. <laughs> I'm having deja vu. I've been on this treadmill before. You know, so <laughs> like just constant, the same thing over and over and over again. My mom is a chef, so things were like very decadent when I grew up. But I also got like a lot of mixed messages about how I should look and was I eating too much and maybe I should lose some weight. And, you know, it was very confusing for me. And I like kind of grew up with this idea that, um, you know, it's really important to be in a smaller body and it's really important to not, you know, to not trust my appetite because clearly it's going to steer me wrong because I eat too much. And I, right. I kind of was left with that story for a long time and I did everything I could to, um, to become that thinner person. I, I over-exercised, I went on diet after diet. I was never happy. I was never satisfied. No matter how much weight I lost, I would always gain it back. I mean, you know the story, you know the drill. And, oh, I lived that story, yeah. And so many women do. And, it, and I, at a certain point, I was just like, is this really what it has to be like? You know. But I ended up working at a national health and weight management company for 13 years, helping people. It was basically an obesity treatment. And I helped people lose weight through this really aggressive, medically supervised weight management program. And I was running the classes there. And I always felt like, 
like a little awkward there because here I was helping other people lose weight and I was struggling with my weight too. And I also felt like I had a spotlight on me all the time. And I had my three pregnancies while I was there. People saw me gain weight, people uh-huh. saw me lose weight. And eventually I was like, I'm not sure I'm really helping people really um, to get healthier, to really get to the root cause of why so many people overeat or stress eat or emotionally eat or binge eat. And I decided I was going to delve into that a little bit more. I found the um, Institute for the Psychology of Eating and I, it was like the answer to my prayers and like everything. I finally made sense. I decided to give up dieting once and for all. And um, now I help women and men too, but mostly women um, feel more empowered around their eating and around their body image, around how to nourish themselves, how to mindfully eat, intuitively eat. And it's, it's been amazing. Love it. You know, I think society places such a, a strong push on us to be thin. You know, we see all these models and they're like a size zero. Um, they are, are terrified of carbs, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we, we live that. We see these, the, the magazines and everything. Oh, I want to look like that. I want, I want to use this product so that I'll lose weight or I'll look younger or whatever. And I think society and the media just play such a huge role in our lack of self-esteem. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're so right. And it's, and it's, it's um, pervasive. Like from the second we are, we have consciousness about it. We're, we're being bombarded by these messages and Mm -hmm. it becomes, it becomes internalized, especially for girls, like where we feel like, it's, it has to be this way. And I started to become woke, I guess, to it. And, um, when I realized like, wow, like me focusing on over-exercising, like, you know, bullying my body, doing, trying to comport my body into a size and shape, it just clearly mm-hmm. want to be was, was keeping me small figuratively, not literally, but it was keeping me small. Like I wasn't able to do the bigger things I wanted to do in life and contribute to because all my waking hours were spent obsessing about food and obsessing about like my, the scale and what might ha- which clothes were fitting. Exactly. Right, you know? Oh, I, I hear you because I, I go to bed thinking about everything I eat. Oh God. Okay. Today was another really heavy carb day. So tomorrow I have to do this, this, and this, and this, Yeah. you know, and, and I wake up thinking the same thing. Okay. Today we're going to be good. Today we're going to be good. And sure enough, today we're not good. Um, you know, as as I chow down on a couple of tacos before we got on the call, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, so much for the fruit I said I was going to eat. Um, I know, but it's like soul crushing. (laughs) You know, if you, if you're putting these rules and regulations, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. It totally sets us up because, you know, inevitably something gets in the way. There's a big stress. There's like a big, um, distraction and all of a sudden we've like failed again. And I, I try to help people make a mindset shift around what failure and success really means and to divorce yourself of morality around food because that's what's killing us is like feeling like we're not good enough. Right. It, yeah. And, and the, the desperation to achieve an ideal that probably doesn't really exist for us you know we have mm-hmm. this this strive to reach this perfection that will never happen yeah you know I, I mean I'm, I'm desperate to go from a size 16 back into a size 5 will I ever achieve it I sure hope so you know is is, is my body now physically possible 20 years later to get back into a size 5 I really don't know 
mm-hmm. um, you know, is that a healthy weight for me? I really don't know yet. So, you know, it's, it's a battle. It, it's mm-hmm. a constant battle. And, you know, I know, I, I don't know about the, the listeners out there. I'm sure a lot of them kind of feel the same way with me. It, we're tired. We're tired of the battle. We just want to stop. Well, I give you permission to raise the white flag because it is a battle and society is complicit because it does not make our task to be healthy and to navigate a healthy lifestyle any easier with like, if you drive anywhere, at least in my town, like you're going to be passing KFCs, you're going to be passing fast food places. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, you know, I'm going to be invited to probably three events and there's all, it's all about food this week. And I might go to a bank and there's some lollipops there. And I go to Starbucks for a coffee and there's, little muffin samples. It's like, so society is complicit in telling us we need to look a certain way or eat a certain way or move a certain way, but then doesn't make it easy for us to actually do it. And that's what really angers me. And that's why I feel like, let me give you permission to end the madness and to like truly turn inward and to understand what, what are the foods that work for you? What are the foods that make you happy, that nourish your body, that give you energy um, and how can we eat more of those and easier for those? <laughs> well, that's the problem. Happy. The foods that make me happy are chocolate and ice cream. <laughs> that doesn't nourish my body and give me energy. It the opposite. <laughs> Makes my taste buds very happy. Um. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a time and a place for those types of foods too. Right. As long as you're not berating yourself for them. And I think the problem is when we're eating those foods, we're so filled with guilt and other myriad feelings that we can't even really be present to it. We're not fully even owning the decision to eat that food because we're so filled with worry that it's going to end up on the scale, you know, affecting the scale. So I, I what I realized through my journey was if I'm going to eat this food, I'm going to damn well enjoy every bite and like not right. get caught up right. in morality and guilt about it because that doesn't serve me in any way. And it only serves to make me more conflicted and potentially eat more than I was planning to because I'm so afraid I won't get it again. Right. Do you get that? Do you understand? Right. What that? Yeah. 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 So, um, so I take like an abundance mindset, like every food is on the table. Like I don't have to restrict anymore. I don't have to, you know, create these arbitrary rules because I would always fail, you know, like what you just said today, uh, that was me uh-huh. too. Like, because then I would feel so guilty and I would feel like, oh, I'll never be able to do this. Here I go again. I'm always destined to fail. And I never feel mm-hmm. that. I never feel that way anymore because I you feel like you have to eat, sneak eat so that your, your family doesn't see what you're doing. And, you yeah. know, yep, no, exactly. You don't have to hide food. You don't have to, you know, sneak, yeah. sneak food when you're alone because it's all available to you. So just making that one huge mindset shift can really empower women to not feel like food is, they're so beholden to food that there's less power around it. How do we do that though? I mean, I've tried the, you know, Hey, you can eat whatever you want as long as it's in moderation. And, you know, three big bowls of ice cream later, I'm going, this probably wasn't the brightest idea. So how do we, you know, how do we do this? Well, it's complicated and there's no quick fix. And that's, that's what I I think people have a really hard time understanding that it takes work and it's hard. So it's like a lot of times I'll say, you know, um, choose your hard because it's hard to, to be dieting all the time. It's hard to be, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to feel 
like you're not enough. That's hard. And then this other thing is taking, you know, bringing inquiry into your behaviors, into your stress response, into your own scarcity mindset around food. So for me, what, how I work with clients is I get to the root cause of what's, um, stressing them out because oftentimes we'll use food as a surrogate to help us deal or numb out to very difficult feelings or trauma that we've experienced. And Uh oftentimes it's also very habitual. Like there's a food script that we follow and there's a a certain cue. So like for some people, every time you go downstairs on the couch and watch a game, you immediately think of, oh, let me go get a pint of ice cream. That's a food script that you follow, right? So being aware of those food scripts, you can understand where the cue is and then be able to short circuit that cue so that you can follow a different path. But the real thing I want to say is if you are eating, I'm going to say three things. If you're eating consciously and with intention and allowing pleasure and awareness to be in the experience, and you're relaxed, 100% relaxed, and you own the experience, you own the decision to eat, you will not binge. You will know exactly when to stop because you're tuning in to your body's cues more as opposed to uh, this, this worry that, okay, I'm indulging and I'm overdoing it because I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to eat this again. And it's pleasurable to me. So I'm just going to go overboard because this is the last supper. You know what I'm saying? And right. That, I'm, I'm going to have this one last. I can't tell you how many last hurrahs I've had um, because tomorrow I'm, I'm going to change and none of this food is going to be allowed anymore. I yes. mean, I, I've done it over and over and over and over again where you do. You have that massive binge like you're a, a bulimic, only you don't do the purge part. Mm-hmm. And, and then the next day you're like, ugh forget it. I'm just going to keep going. Yes, exactly. Because it's easier to avoid than confront those types, those really, really painful and complicated feelings. But here's the thing. If you decide to yourself, there's no morality here. Like I, I'm not bad. If I eat this, I'm not good. If I eat that, if you can suspend and divorce yourself from that mentality, then you realize that it's your decision. You get to be the judge and jury there and you can decide that there's no moral consequence. Okay. That's number one. Number two is if you decide everything's on the table and it's available, what I have found with my clients is there will be some binging in the beginning because it's like a kid in a candy store. Like I can have anything. What do you mean? But after a while it becomes less powerful because, Hey, you know, can have it whenever I want. Uh, So do I want it now? No, not really. But Hey, it's available to me in a few hours. It's available to me tomorrow. I, I can have it next week, anytime I want. And like that's been the biggest aha for, for people is realizing how much they've lived in scarcity mindset, which creates FOMO, creates food FOMO. And so then you're always wanting to go overboard because of what you just, you know, what you just said. That's deja vu dieting right there. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I actually kind of feel um, like a weight is already lifting off my shoulder like that, oh. that burden is, is kind of gone or going away. Oh, Cause I think, okay, well, you know, I, I can do this. I can, if I don't take anything off the table, then, you know, um, 
you can do it, Tracy. And it's, that makes me so happy that you said that because <laughs> this is what I see. This is, I, once I give people permission and I sort of wake them up to how they've created stress response in their bodies for so long, because no, make, make no mistake that dieting actually is a stressor to your body. Your body's like, what, what is she doing? Oh, it's so <laughs> bad for your body. I know. I know. It, you know, and it's terrible because I've, I've studied this for so long. Yeah. And I know all of this, but yet I still continue to do it. Because you, you haven't know? learned another way. You haven't learned um, that there's another way yet. And so that's why you feel a burden being lifted. It's because I'm telling you, you can do this and that there is another way. And that's exactly how I felt, Tracy, when I got permission to do it. I was like, what? Like, seriously? And I started to feel such relief. Like, oh my God, it's over. I don't have to do this anymore. Oh my goodness. And you know, I'm not going to say I lost a ton of weight, but I didn't gain any weight either. And it's sort of every right. my, my body sort of recalibrated and was like, okay, I can kind of trust her again. All right. All right. So maybe I'm going to let her know. I'm going to be able to like communicate with her more and tell her when I'm full and tell her when I'm hungry so that I, you know, wasn't always beholden to the clock to determine when to eat or some expert or told me, you know, not to eat after six or somebody else who told me not to eat fat and somebody else who told me not to eat carbs. And it's exhausting. Oh, God, I and know. Confusing. It is. It is. Okay. Am I eating high fat this week, low protein, heavy carbs? What the hell am I doing? <laughs> am I doing the intermittent fasting or am I doing the, the ketogenics? Or am I, you know, it is. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Um, and, it's confusing. And it leaves us angst ridden. Like you're never feeling oh, like a And I don't have time. I, I just, and that's part of my problem. I'm so busy. I don't have time to really, I, to focus on it. And I don't want to. I just want to go to the kitchen, grab something to eat, bring it back to my desk and, and keep working. Yeah. Um, and so usually that ends up being, you know, bad choices because what's the fastest thing to eat? Well, usually it's like, you know, carbs, some kind of crappy carb thing. So, right. um, Right. And yeah. if you're at work, uh-huh. if you're at like a work setting, the vending machine isn't filled with blueberries and Brussels sprouts. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. No, I've never seen a no. vending machine ever. And it's because I hear they exist. <laughs> I just really? never seen Maybe I think in other countries, but, maybe it's um, like a unicorn, yeah, like a martyr countries. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's like a unicorn. We're like, we, maybe it exists, but we've never seen it. And like, it's like a Yeti or something. You, you know that the, the national um, animal of, I think it's Switzerland is the unicorn. <gasps> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the silly little trivia stuff that and everyone's scrambling for their computers. Really? Um, <laughs> all right. Let's get back to the topic at hand. So, okay. So uh, that was number two, right? So what you said there were three. Yeah. So, so ending morality, food, like, so aiming for food neutrality, that's number one. Number two is a abundance mindset with food as opposed to a scarcity mindset. And number three mm-hmm. is actively getting into a relaxation response before eating. Because a lot of us will follow a particular food script when we're anxious or when we're stressed. And here's my example. When I noticed whenever my kids started fighting in front of me and I had to deal with it, my instinct was to look to the cabinet and grab chocolate chips. It's like, it was amazing oh, yeah. every time. Oh, yeah. So as soon as I was aware of that, I was able to say, okay, 
here's why I'm doing that. I'm in a stress response. I'm anxious. I don't want to deal with this. So what can I do to self-soothe right now that's not going to follow the same script that I always have? And I started to come up with a list and I said, okay, I could go up to my room for five minutes. I can do some meditation. I could go for a walk. I could put some music on, Mm -hmm. you know, I could take a bath. Like there's other ways that we need to learn how to, how to relax ourselves that doesn't involve food because that, that it's such a, like our, almost our, like our prefrontal cortex and our executive functioning isn't even involved in the picture here. When you're stressed out to that level, you go on instinct. You're operating from the reptilian part of your brain. So if you, if you can tell your amygdala, which is like, it's basically the part of your brain that's a smoke detector that uh, alerts your body to, to prepare for a crisis, like to start running or whatever. So if you can shut off the amygdala and be like, listen, there's no crisis happening. It's okay to relax. Then you get your prefrontal cortex coming in. You can make more judicial choices, judicious choices, more rational choices. And then you can also be like, what's going to be the best choice for me right now? But I couldn't do that in a stress response, when I heard my kids fighting, I couldn't think about, oh, I'm going to make a green smoothie right now. I'm almost like, all right, just give me right? a cookie. You're like, oh no, where's that ice cream? <laughs> yeah. Where's the cookies? Right. Where are the chocolate chips? Where are the ice cream? Where are the, whatever. Exactly. Whatever I get my hands on. But the difference is when I was able to re- realize I have efficacy in self-soothing and relaxing my body through my breath and through some other measures, I stopped the behavior. I was able to short circuit that response to the stimuli. And that's the key because think about it. If you were, think about this, if you were just getting an hour long massage and you're on this Uh table table getting the best massage of your life, there's aromatherapy and there's like some really soft ambient music playing after the hour you're relaxed, right? You're not going to be like, Oh, where are the Doritos? I need Doritos right now. You're going to be like, yeah, I don't exactly. need to eat. I feel fine. I'm good. So that's, that's right. the kind of mindset that I try to help people get to. You know, if you really think about it, stress eating is not relaxing. When we reach for those chocolate chips and the Doritos and the ice cream, because we're stressed, yeah. it actually adds to our stress. Cause not only is it making our body sick, um, which stresses our body out, but then we start that whole guilt cycle. Oh God, I shouldn't have eaten these. And, you know, and, and the stress actually, it, I think makes it worse. It's debilitating. Yeah. Because especially if you've said to yourself that day, that morning, it's going to be a good day. I'm going to be good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden all you go down that path Not again so and then you're like, Oh, but I will argue that in the moment, it does change your physiology and it does change your mood. The problem is that it mm-hmm. leaves you angst ridden after, you know? Right. And that's, hmm. that's the problem. So, wow. yeah, so those three things are really the crux of how I work with people around empowered eating. There's lots more to it, including meal planning and eating empowerment on the go and how do you deal with social situations? How do you deal with spontaneous sure. there's so many elements involved with it but essentially it's it's re, it's you reclaiming your power over food and knowing that you have the the power to to be in a relaxation response to not fear food to not get caught up in morality and most importantly not to live in scarcity mindset which almost always leads to binges because anything you resist persists and anything you restrict on or is the very thing you're going to want to do. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been incredible. Um, oh, I, it couldn't have been a better time for me. I, I feel empowered. Actually. I feel very empowered right now. And I hope, I hope our listeners do too. So Jenny, we're just about out of time. Um, I want to make sure that everybody knows how to find you. So how do we find you? Yes. Thank you so much. So you can find me on my website. It's www.jennyedencoaching.com or on my wellness warriors Facebook group where we um, just have a lot of support and a lot of, you know, trainings and all different things. So you're welcome. Your audience is welcome to join me there too. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today and imparting your wisdom with us. And, you know, I hope that, that the listeners got as much out of this as I did. I'm oh, sure they you. did. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor to be with you. Thank you. Listeners, always thank you so much for tuning in. I, I can't thank you enough. And we will see you on the next show.